0: Real quick, without thinking, who was the defense's top performer, most important player, Sunday in Los Angeles? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovachowicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. The answer at least from my perspective, was Montrevious Adams. The number of people who talk about Montravius is, it's probably zero. And maybe even in montravius's own family. But Montravius was able to do something in the first half and then continuing into the second, but really in the first half, that no one else on the field was achieving. He was stopping the run. He was making things happen by penetrating into the Los Angeles backfield. He was a real factor alongside Larry Ogunjobi, which pretty much nobody's been since Cam Hayward went down. Larry O played pretty well too, but Montrevious was at a level I hadn't seen him previously. And because he was doing that, because he was taking care of business in there, for the most part, uh, the Rams got some decent runs out of their practice squad running backs. They're really banged up at the position. But more often than not, they got shut down. And more often than not, Montravius was either on the play or nearby. What that does is that frees up. Your edge rushers, your guys who are expected to make splash plays, the obvious T.J. Watt, who I'm sure was your answer there in the intro, your Alex Highsmith, even Nick Herbig coming in off the edge and getting his first NFL sack, but also Minka Fitzpatrick, who was doing a lot of roaming. Uh, I could see this from the press box, that he was basically, he was encouraged, you could tell. In certain formations to be up closer to the line, and he was, which is how he ended up with a team-high 11 tackles. But he also was putting himself into a spot where, if the ball went a certain place, he was going to be there for the possible takeaway. Don't ask me to be specific on this, because this is only off memory. But there was one play where you could tell Matthew Stafford dropped back and had his eye on a crossing pattern over the middle. And just as he was about to let it go, 39 jumps the route. Stafford sees that, thinks better of it, basically throws the ball into the stands. That's the Minka effect. All of this, everything that I'm describing to you, again, beginning with Montravius and stopping the run, is aimed at generating takeaways. Everything about this offense when you get down to it, for a long time now, has been about generating takeaways. The Steelers will concede this play or that play or this type of play or that type of play so long as they're able to continually put themselves into position to generate takeaways. My friends, you want to know why this team is 4-2? Sit down for this. The Steelers right now are... Plus six in turnover ratio. That's really good. That's that's seven picks, five fumble recoveries. And of course, remember that when you're talking about ratio, the offense has to take care of the football as well. And Kenny Pickett and everyone else on the offense have been successful in that regard. Now, add on to that. This is where it gets fun. The Steelers have a blocked punt. That's kind of like a turnover, right? And at the same time, the Steelers haven't had any turnovers on special teams of any kind. Taking it further, the Steelers haven't missed a field goal yet. Meaning, of course, Chris Boswell hasn't missed one yet. 11 for 11. Hasn't missed a PAT either, but field goals here is what we're talking about. Because if you miss a field goal, what happens? You've turned the ball over. Hasn't done that. The Steelers, of course, have benefited from three Missed field goals by their opponents. So they're plus three on that one, right? How about going for it on fourth down? The Steelers are a plus three on that. Yeah, they got a gift on Sunday. Who cares? But they're still a plus three. Add all this up. Add everything up. And the Steelers are a plus 13 in this category while off to a four and two start. That's no coincidence. Every level of football from Pop Warner up will show powerfully that turnovers change the game the same way TJ changed the game. You can say what you want about the defense giving up chunks and other flaws with the defense and all of the many, many Existing flaws with the offense. You can also criticize the head coach on any number of issues. But this philosophy has been Tomlin's baby from the beginning. And whether he thought of it himself or inherited it from Bill Cowher or Chuck Dole, everybody loves to do that kind of stuff. I don't really care. The Steelers have always focused on having a predatory defense. They've taken pride in it. It's worked for them. It's won them championships. It's the right way to go even, even in a 2023 environment where most teams aren't doing that. The Steelers are getting their takeaways. They're flipping fields and they're overcoming a lot of other crap by doing this. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Peter, who says, DK, I'm curious to see your thoughts on this. Would Kenny and the offense look great in fourth quarters? Why can't they do that in the first half? If they could even approach that, they wouldn't have to come back so often. What is the cause of these early struggles? I've got a bunch of different answers for you on this, Peter, and I think that's the actual problem. I don't think anybody can pinpoint anything. It's easy, and more often than not, correct, to criticize the offensive coordinator, and he does some pretty dubious things in first halves, but so does Kenny himself. Kenny had a lousy first half in Los Angeles. He made some bad decisions. Not so much bad throws, but bad timing, if that makes sense. There's a difference. The running game wasn't doing anything. Now, the Rams did have five, six guys up all the time, but it still wasn't getting anything done. Wide receivers weren't really seen until the third quarter. You could go right down the list, and you're not going to find, aha, here it is, here's the thing. You can even attempt to isolate Kenny on this and just say, what can the quarterback do? to be everything that he usually is in the fourth quarter earlier on. Mike Tomlin was asked about this, asked if this is something that he thinks about, and his response, which was pretty funny actually, was, only every day of my life, because that would solve an awful lot in general of what's wrong with this team. But one thing you're never going to have me do, Peter, as long as I'm doing this show, as long as I'm covering this team, is pretend to know everything. I really don't. I don't have this answer. I don't even have a good hypothesis for you. And you know which part makes even less sense to me than anything we've discussed already? It's the offensive line. Have you seen the blocking that led to Jalen Warren's 13-yard touchdown run? It's an absolute clinic. Every white shirt found its corresponding blue shirt and did its job. And Jalen, who had one decision to make, he told me this, going through the hole, he had one direction to choose, chose the right one based on the scheme as it was drawn up. Picture perfect. And these guys are a mess through the better part of three quarters for what reason? For what reason? I have no idea. I will say this. And I think this does matter. The Steelers offense accounted for 192 yards in the fourth quarter alone. 192. Think about that. This is an offense that is usually hovering around the 200, 250 mark for the game. They were at 192 in a single quarter with all the pressure on them, with some lousy field position and with Aaron Donald being employed by the other team, and they got 192 yards done. It's there, okay? Somebody's got to sort it out. I don't know who, I don't know how. That's the lamest answer I'm going to give anybody all season, I promise in advance. I appreciate the question, even if I don't have an answer for it. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Mike Tomlin's press conference is at noon today. The team resumes practicing tomorrow. And we'll be back with another one of these bright and early in the morning.